broadcasting from an undisclosed location, from a secret hunting spot known only to him, and the guy who told him about it, and possibly the guy who told the guy who told him. It's a show all about hunting in New Zealand and around the globe. This is The Hunting Show. Find The Hunting Show on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on upcoming shows and topics. All right, this week's show is a little bit different. I'm about to call my official co-host for today. Here we go. Skype call. I hope he answers. It would be weird if he doesn't. Hello. Hi, Christian. It's Stephen here from The Hunting Show. How are you? How you going, bro? Good? Now, obviously, you, you know what we're up to this week. You're my co-host. And yes. the idea is is that you and I are just going to have a bit of a chat. That's Sweet it. Ads. We're just going to do what we do and, and do a bit of banter and cover some of these issues that um, that our brethren across the ditch, or I like, to call, <laughs> I like to call you the East Island of New Zealand, uh, <laughs> suffer from. I always say that to people like across the ditch, people like overseas, like in the States or whatever, and they're like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, we've got the same money. We've got the same everything. We like, don't have the same money. It looks the same. Well, yeah, but your dollar's plummeting. Well, so is ours a bit, but come on. Yeah, it used to be what well, I went to, you went to Aussie and you got about for every dollar, you got about 40 cents Australian. And now <laughs> it's, we're almost parody, aren't we? We're almost the same. <laughs> hey, and I'm, they're not jandals they're thongs oh no, a thong is what a woman wears <laughs> yeah i hate that term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah ass floss we call it over here oh it's got to be uncomfortable have you actually have you ever worn one no you've never worn like a like a budgie smuggler with a with a really thin back on it no but have you yeah oh good yeah no i have and i've got a good reason <laughs> Smuggling budgie? <laughs> it ain't a budgie. <laughs> no, no, no. The, no, the reason, <laughs> the reason I had to wear one was I got body painted once. Yeah. Well, actually, more than once. I, I've been body painted twice, and okay. one was in a speed body comping, body comping, a body painting competition. Yeah. And um, very bizarre. Lots of half naked women around me, only wearing a thong. Hope that things don't awaken for me and <laughs> and you know the funny thing because it was in a bar and I was working for the radio station or our radio station at the time and yeah. the funny thing about it was the, the I didn't like being in bare feet in a pub that was the thing I remember it was gross like because you're having a couple of beers while this all goes on and you're like oh time to you know turn the turn the beer back into water and <laughs> and you had to go in there and bare feet it was yuck yeah, the carpet's awful. It's the like carpet. if you work in a bar and like, because you don't notice it during the night when you're at a bar, the like last thing he's looking at is the carpet. Yeah. And then you go in there during the day and the lights are on and you just think, oh, it's just disgusting. Yeah, it's rough, eh? Yeah. She's rough. <laughs> Could be worse things, but it's pretty bad. And speaking of bars, yes, we're going to move away from me wearing a thong just for a moment. Ah, you've got to post some kind of photo or something after mentioning it. You can't just mention something like that and let it go. I'll get back to you on that. I have got a photo somewhere. It's very cool. <laughs> All right. I might, I might pix you. <laughs> mm, yeah. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Anyway, <laughs> the rugby. It's a big deal in New Zealand right now. And the what? The rugby. Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, see, you did that on purpose. Look. <laughs> The rugby's huge. 
for us. Yeah, okay. And um, Aussie, uh, don't know how they're going to go. Um, you guys have almost been beaten by everyone. Coming from someone who has absolutely no idea about rugby, yeah, I don't know how they're going to go. Look, I hope they go well. Good on them. Um, you I know, don't. They've trained hard, mm. but um, it all comes down to on the day, really. So, oh, it does not. The best best it team will does win. Does not come down to on the day. Eat your wheat bix, wrap some duct tape around your forehead, and you're all set to go. Yeah, pretty much. I think wheat bix is the key. <laughs> I don't. What's the difference between union and league? Oh, really? Is it is it like a rule thing? So this or? is uh, look. We're going to get onto your New Zealand trip later on in the show, but yeah. we're not going. I'm not. I'm going to have to. You're going to have to watch rugby in New Zealand if you pick your time right. It's a different right. thing. It's all different. Australians just. Oh. Is it? It doesn't like roll like that over there, does it? Like league and union or what have you. It's all just one thing. <laughs> no, we know the difference. I don't, I've got no idea, <laughs> obviously. Oh, <laughs> we're going to move off that subject. But speaking of hunting, yes. how's it going for you? How's your hunting going? Because we, we've, we've had a few reports from you about what's going on and, and your hunting. And I've seen lots of things on your Facebook page. And I follow yep. it. I really enjoy your page. So congratulations. Oh, thanks, bro. Yeah, you know, congratulations. You do a great job. And sometimes puts me to shame. But <laughs> what, how's it going? What, what's going on? It's good, actually. Um Hunting-wise, really good, actually. Um, I've been pretty busy lately, family and all that kind of stuff, so it's it's a stretch sometimes to get out, but I've even been get Like, even if I just get out for an hour, um, I'm lucky in the sense that I've got a few spots near home that I can, you know, be at in 15 minutes so I can get there and just, you know, stalk around with the bow for a while. I did just buy an air rifle, a new air rifle, and it's a Stoger, and it's a .22 air rifle. Yeah. So I'm going to get out with that too. Um, I thought you weren't allowed those over there. Oh, you've got to get a license and everything for it. Like, it's the full... For an air gun? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the full nine yards with everything over here. Like, I've, it's the same with, like, any gun um, here. Like, I had to put in the app, like, get my gun license first which is a rigmarole in itself with all the ID and blah, blah, blah you have to get. Mm. Um, then get that in, wait for it to come back, get it, and then put in an application for a, a rifle and then wait for that, then go pick it up, blah, blah, blah. So it's, yeah, it's the like I'm, it's, I think we've spoken about it before. It's like I'm, part of me is glad that it is stringent because, you know, that's not too bad, but they can be a bit ridiculous with things too. So I don't. I don't know. Like, there's however many thousands of, you know, gun owners in Australia and, you know, they're not shooting people. So it's always someone that's not hunting or it's some illegal douchebag or whatever that's mm. doing something. So I think we kind of get castrated a bit. It's interesting because last week's show was with Professor Gillespie from Waikato University. And, and he really was pushing for not so much tighter control on who owns firearms. He thinks New Zealand does that really well. But we've yep. kind of let the cat out of the bag when it comes to registering guns because only about 5% of guns they think are registered in New Zealand. 55,000 oh, right. new guns come into the country every year. There's around, you know, they reckon there's millions of the things kicking around the, the country in all sorts of places. And no one has any idea where they are and who owns them. And he believes that's the next step, is, is looking at actually trying to rein back in what is a, a really a cluster to be honest how does it how well how do 
how do the guns get into the population or, or get sold, etc., and not be registered? Well, they get registered to the owner in a little book at the shop, but that never yep. gets recorded elsewhere. Oh, righto. And then therein lies the problem, I guess. Yeah, the, the police have no idea um, ah. who, whose guns are where, really, unless you're responsible enough to register them. And most people, their first one they do, and then they kind of lose interest because they don't have to. There's no requirement to, I suppose. Oh, righto. Fair mm. enough. How do you guys go with... Um, we're pretty stringent here too, as far as gun lockers, and it's, you know it's got to be attached to the wall or way yeah. out. Yeah, oh yeah, all that stuff. We're not. Is that it all, that, all that's the same over there? No, we don't. You know, oh, you've got a door. Well, make sure you keep your gun behind that. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> I remember like that. when I remember when it was like that here, like in the country. You know, there would often a lot of farmers would often have a loaded shotgun near the front door, the front back, or the back door for snakes or whatever. Mm. Not that you're allowed to shoot native animals. Don't get me wrong, but. You know, that's just the way it was, that culture back then. And um, I don't know what's happened, like, over time with things. Like, obviously, there's been a few, you know, nasty things happen here and there and whatever. And that seems to be the government's excuse as far as um, pushing firearm laws more stringently on us. But the reality of it is I don't think it's not hunters that are actually committing crimes and doing you know, committing these atrocities and what have you. So, mm. I, I tend to agree with you on that. But going forward from the the Australian rules, because we do cover that a lot on the show, I wanted Australian to Australian rules. Australia, no, not that. <laughs> oh, sorry, I just thought you were going to get in. This is why we have arguments. <laughs> <laughs> you love football. <sighs> Look, let's stop there. Um, I want to talk to you about gear. Yep, and the gear that you take with you, and the reason why. All right. Mm. So, if you're going out for a, an overnight or a day hunt, what do you take? Um, well, that's a good point. The last bit you just said, because I guess it, it all depends on how long you're going out for. But um, I guess I think, like you know yourself, you kind of try everything over the years, and then you tend to just settle into things that are you know field tested as such and work for you. So I'll kind of use tents and sleeping bags and stuff like that i'm not particularly picky on but say um backpacks and things like that i use uh now i've never heard anyone say it so i don't know how to pronounce it but deuter d-e-u-t-e-r i use those packs um and have done for over a decade like they're just the best i'd rather pay a little bit more um and get a quality pack than you know just get some cheap thing off ebay or whatever and the other thing that I particularly use is buck for knives. So they Yeah, look, when you come to New Zealand, we're going to have to get you a real knife. <laughs> and What's buck, wrong with look, buck? Buck's, buck's great buck, No, no, no. Bucks are great knives. I've got no issue with buck. So before I burn any bridges with <laughs> um, the guys from buck. No, no. I, I, when you come to New Zealand, uh, we're going to have to get you into a real knife. All right, eh? Yeah. A, a man's knife. Oh, ooh. <laughs> oh no, you didn't. No, I, That's harsh. I know. No, we'll get you into we'll get you into a good knife. All right, sweet. Because yeah. the fact of the matter is that there are literally hundreds of different knives out there that mm. people. So like everything from dodgy Rambo knives to. Do you hang on? Or back the truck. Do you have a knife over there called Rambo? No, you remember the one he used in the film, in the first film in the 80s in um, First Blood? No, you're older than me. No, I'm not that much older. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it was the whole, 
you know, massive yeah. elephant type knife with a serrated edge and hollow, you know. Yeah, the blood lit thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the whole. I actually bought one. I think I was 11 or something like that when First Blood came out and I was like fully stoked to have this Rambo knife. Like I was, you know, going to go out and just be Rambo, but not in a nasty, <laughs> violent, suppressed anger sense. Um, <laughs> just in a wear headbands and run around my grandmother's backyard sense. So I think I've still actually got it somewhere. Um, but I, like I'll have different knives for different things. So like I'm, if I go out for rabbits, I just take a little pocket knife. I don't need anything bigger than that. Mm. Or fishing, I might take something like you know more of a filleting knife or what have you. And yeah, if I was going out and getting deer, I'd probably take another different knife. But I'll wait and see what happens with that. But yeah, we're going to get to that. Just to slow <laughs> down. You're ruining my little trick here. <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> so what else so you so you've got you take a knife yeah um like it, let's say i'm going out for the day mm. just for a day um i'll always i pretty much take I, I do have different packs that are pretty much set up for the day overnight three days etc so if i'm going out for the day that pack pretty much consists of i'll have a change of clothes in there just like as far as like you know rip my pants or t-shirt off i want to change t-shirt whatever um medical kit i always have it's because it's only tiny i just carry a small medical kit in there my phone my knife um some bags like just to chuck stuff in like meat and stuff like that and that's pretty much it because i know most of the times if i go out for the day i'm only going to be like say half an hour from home so i haven't really got a big travel time to come home i don't even bother um most of the time with an esky like if i'm going out it's going to be hours and i'll take an esky with some ice in it just to make sure especially during summer here because it's what are you putting in an esky if you just rabbits and or fish oh righto you know i'm with you yeah so you're putting the meat in in the esky (laughs) yeah (laughs) especially during summer because it's bloody 45 degrees or something here so it's just oh see that's ridiculous yeah, it is. Yeah. It's shocking. Like, I, I went out last summer with Rick, a uh, mate of mine, and we went, I think we hiked. We got to this spot, and we ended up walking to another spot, and I think it was about, say, six or seven Ks. So it didn't take us, it took us a while to kind of get there, and I got this rabbit, and then we were mucking around a bit. And then I was kind of, it was like a full-on 40-degree-plus day. It was stinking hot. By the time I got back to the car and, like, kind of opened my pack and had this, took this rabbit, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> just, it was kind of uh, just a bit suspect. So I just ended up tossing it for the foxes and um, not having anything for the day. So after that, I kind of learned my lesson and I thought, well, I'll take. Because even sometimes you don't know, get those little um, water blocks. They're like little plastic blocks. You fill them up with water and then freeze them. Mm. They're even good sometimes too if you don't want to, like, obviously you don't want to lug an esky around the bush, but if you're um, too far from the car, <laughs> You can chuck a couple of those in, uh, like double line a couple of plastic bags and chuck them in it and then chuck your meat in the top of that. Yeah. That's my little tip for today. Yeah, Christian. I'm going to start doing that tip of the day. Tip of... <laughs> that works well, doesn't it? And, and you could do a little logo with an arrowhead or something on it. Tip of the day. Yeah, don't sing. I can sing. I don't know. Can you sing? I can. Like real sing? Yeah, like I'm the first to admit that I've got a fantastic voice. Okay, I don't. We'll find out about that another day. <laughs> See, I yeah, have. Sure. I take a bit more with me, even on a day hunt. I was just going to say, yeah. What do you take? Well, I've I, first of all, I take a knife, and I've yeah. got a lovely handmade sword knife that I take with me. 
a man's knife. Yeah, pretty much, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to. I just need to make sure that it's a man's knife. Yeah, yep. it is. Yeah, and 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 any experienced female hunter would would fit right into it as well. <laughs> Before I get any letters, holy moly! You Dougie, just open that can of worms. Oh, I know. Dougie does listen to the show and open oh, it right up. That was a really good interview, by the way, too. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm glad you liked that. Yeah. Because I was following her before you did the interview, so it was nice to kind of hear, you know, get a bit of, um, hear her speak, so to speak, rather than just kind of see photos and stuff like that. Okay, but it's not her interview today. It's yours or mine and ours. Um, oh, no. Right. I, so I, I take a, a, a good sword knife. I have a spot, which is, you know, those things that sort of track where you are and you can text from them through the satellite, but no one can text you back, those ones, you know? Yep, yep. So I have one of those on my pack and, and love it. I take a jet boil. Um, oh, I'd, I'd love a jet boil. Yeah, oh, no, gosh. jet boils are freaking awesome. You're an amateur if you don't take one. I, I've I, actually seen yours before, and I've thought, damn, that's good. Because I've got this big, clunky, bloody half a kitchen stove gas thing. Right. Which works a treat, but it's no jet boil. Nah, jet boil's awesome. And I can have a cuppa. And look, in the middle of summer here, you, you get 25 degrees Celsius, you know? And and it can definitely be really cold. The other day we went out minus six uh, degrees Celsius. So so having a cup of tea is always a bonus. Yeah, hmm. I reckon. And uh, so that's in there. Oh, I've got a PLB as well. A what? A PL, personal locator beacon. Oh right, sorry. Because yeah. you know we we are going places that are um are, oh you know not treacherous. But what if something goes wrong and all that stuff? No excuse not to yeah. have one, in my opinion. Um, no, that's fair enough. Too. I, flint- I think they're a good idea. Yeah, they are. I had a fl- I have a flint and steel in my pack. Yeah, I have a pull. Through. Were you a Boy Scout when you were younger? You yes. <laughs> you were. Okay. You were. Well, I'm I still. A, I am still a scout leader. I'll have you know. Oh, you still got all your little patches and I do. Badges? I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. Look, and let's stop. I wasn't taking the piss with that. Like oh, I, just... I thought you might have been hitting somewhere with that. Anyway, I was kind of going to, and then I thought, no, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I also take a little tinier knife, like more like a girl's knife, more like a Australian like a knife. Uh, that's worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've got a, another knife in there. Um, I generally take a dehive feed just in the bottom of my backpack in case I end up having to stay the night. Um, what brand do you go with? If you're allowed to mention brands, I'm not sure. Yeah, I am backcountry. I normally go with. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, I've seen those ones actually. Mm. What are they like? They all taste roughly the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they're good. They, they, you know, they fill you up and they're warm and all that good stuff. Um, yep. I generally have uh, some paracord in the bag. Yeah. As well, just for just for safety sake. Uh, there's a survival blanket. I might have already mentioned that. Uh, oh, and I also take cotton wool with Vaseline mushed into it. As a lighter? Yeah, awesome fire lighter, but also great on yeah. injuries and stuff, you know, if you get a cut. Ah, uh, that's a good idea, actually, yeah. yeah. So that, that's another thing I, I take with me. I, I learned that from Bear Grylls, I think. Oh, good old Bear. Yeah, I actually don't know if I did, but I'm... So before I get someone to ring up and go, I never thought Bear Grylls say that. Um, <laughs> hey, how do you go with... You know, like years ago, before mobile phones, you know, you'd have a compass and this and that. How do you go? I do have a compass. I do definitely have a compass in my bag and generally a map of where I am, but keep going. No, I was just going to say, how much stuff do you take physically that you could just take on your iPhone or any phone that you might have 
take bearing in mind that you might fall over and smash your phone. Not, not much, really, because there's bad. There's no cell phone reception most places I hunt, so the, the iPhone's a waste yeah. of space. Fair enough. Mm. Okay, so that's how my you, gear, anyway, roughly for a day hunt. How far are you going? Like, from are you driving somewhere and then hiking? Yeah, normally I'm driving sort of twenty, maybe thirty minutes, or Saturday night just gone. I drove about an hour and then walked about five k's, I suppose. Shit, that's pretty good. Nah, like how. Like here, there's lots of great spots here, obviously hunting wise and stuff like that. But most Australian hunters have this imagery of New Zealand as um, very much like a hunting country. Like you don't really have to go very far to, you know, you can go five minutes here and catch a trout. You can go ten minutes there and get eels. You can go twenty minutes here and get a deer. Is it? It is a. It can be a bit like that, but. Um... Not always, you know. It's a great place, and we've got good hunting here. But you do have to go a bit further than that sometimes. Yeah, mm. yeah I don't like. I know that, like, realistically, it's there's more involved. But you know that kind of just uh, romanticized image. I think a lot of people have. Mm. Talking about romance. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Woman and hunting. Something we wanted to cover. And yeah, it's something I think is great. I think more girls need to get out there and do it. Yeah, um, for because sure. it, because realistically, it's still a male-dominated sport. Yes, it is, and uh, and that's not changing anytime soon. But I, I, it, I think the women that are hunting, uh, the thing I've seen change is ten years ago, and this is only from where I sit. They weren't; they were women that were hunting like men, and now yep. I see women hunting like women, and that's great. They've got their own style, their own way, and yes, they've taken the best and the worst, and they've created a new thing. It's kind of like. The, their style of hunting is is their own. Yeah, I agree. And not I as a group. Agree. I'm not trying to say women are all the same. No. But the most women have created their own style rather than trying to imitate a, a, a male style of hunting. But yeah. do, you, do you think maybe that was because it wasn't the, – the products, et cetera, weren't available 10 years ago for them to be – individuals or as such like say <laughs> say for bows like for yep. bow hunting like 10 years ago you bought a bow the bow came as it was that was all fine whereas now um like i follow a lot of female bow hunters on instagram and what have you and they'll have you know pink bow strings pink veins on their arrows and which you know i couldn't care less what color you know pink's actually a lot easier to see if, um with shots than any other color have you have you got a pink bow no i've used pink arrows <laughs> used pink um, arrows with pink quivers on them before um but no my um my bow's camo thank you very much camo real tree camo oh yeah yeah. (laughs) um but you know what i mean like that stuff wasn't available 10 years they pretty much if you wanted to hunt i think you had to just use what was available and because it was a male dominated area then you had to use male orientated stuff Mm. whereas now there are female um clothing companies like specifically for hunting and you know all this kind of stuff and Mm. so the product is available i think a lot of big companies have also seen that little niche market as well so they're kind of taking that on board and realizing that okay we there's a female market here now Mm. so we can sell to that market now now one thing i I wanted to i wanted to cover this with you is we tend to talk about them as a sector you know, the female hunters as a sort of a, a group. Do you think yep. they want to be recognised as, as a group or do they want to just be known as hunters? You know, okay. hey, that's Sarah. 
she's a good hunter. I don't refer to female hunters as anything different to, or any in any different way than what I would a, uh, a male hunter. Mm. Um, I think I've, I was saying to you earlier on, I don't understand the huntress thing. Like I, I would really be interested to find out if women prefer to be just called a hunter like everyone else, or there's a lot of women that call themselves a huntress, mm. um, which who cares either way, but I'm curious to know whether it's like actor and actress. Remember years ago, there was actors and actresses, and then they kind of cut all that out and just started calling everyone actors. I am an actor. Mm. I'm an actor. Um, do, do you but, think though that we're on really thin ice, two blokes talking pretty much about and, and trying to assume we know anything about women? No, because we both know that we know nothing at all. <laughs> and don't forget it. Yeah, I, I, I'm reminded quite often. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite happy to, you know, acknowledge that I have zero knowledge. Yeah, about... they're, they're a mystery, aren't they? They are, very much so. Yeah. But hunting-wise, like I was saying, I don't, I really honestly don't kind of have a male and female thing in my head. A hunter is a hunter in my book. Mm. And there's um a lot of women out there who are, just awesome hunters. Mm. No, absolutely, so. and and they're, and they're very good at their craft. Mm. Yeah. Now, hunting in the news, you've seen a few things that I've posted up on my Facebook page, and yeah. most of them are, are really unfortunate. Um, yeah. There are no accidents in hunting, in in lots of respects, but they, because I think that's a bad way to put it. But that there's just a string of tra- tragedies, and and I'm not going to elaborate on that a whole lot in the show mainly for legal reasons. There's a lot of stuff that's coming up before the courts and, and things, and I don't want to be involved in assuming I know more about what's going on than anybody else. But yeah. in Australia, I don't seem to see the same push. It seems to be hunters bitching against anti-gun lobbyists and anti-gun lobbyists bitching against hunters over there, and I never see any real hunting news. It's, um, there might be some. Yeah. I just don't see it. No, there isn't. The main things... You, you mean hunting news as in... Um, Good and bad. Good and bad, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it's not... Because there's such a stigma over here with anti-hunters and hunters, um, I just... I don't, I don't think the, the media kind of sees that as an opportunity for them to sell more newspapers, etc. So then, as a, an effect of that, they generally only um, print, release, um, upload stuff that is more negative to get a reaction out of people and get more reads and more views and things like that. So you won't um, see anything about hunting all year round and then duck season will start, for example, and there'll be like a plethora of anti-duck media, you know, doing the whole thing and Mm. what have you. So it's, I don't know. It's, it's a weird kind of thing like over here with stuff like that. It isn't like, correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, from my understanding, hunting in New Zealand seems to be more ingrained in society as such. Oh, I, th- I think it is certainly outside of the big cities, and even in the cities, I don't think there's much of an issue. Although, we certainly mm. felt the scalding hot water of the aftermath of Cecil the Lion. Oh, Cecil the Lion. And let's not, I... not talk about that too much, but we definitely yeah, I didn't know what to believe because I saw so many. Sorry, I was talking over you then. Yeah, what were you saying? Sorry. Look, doesn't matter now. You keep going. 
<laughs> no, I was just going to say, I I saw like, honestly saw four or five different viewpoints of what actually happened. I didn't even know what, what to believe. Exactly. Cecil the Lion. Mm. Like Cecil the Lion could be a, a total made up media thing just to, you know. Yeah. And we never landed on the moon. No. Stanley Kubrick <laughs> filmed that. You know that. Come on. Okay. So, no, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there were so many conflicting stories. I just thought, Jesus, what, what happened to Cecil the Lion? You know, poor Cecil. Poor old Cecil. What about your New Zealand trip? I need to talk to you about that. We're running out of time. We're running, getting short on time now. You, you, you're coming to New Zealand. When you, when's, yeah. when's your jar going to be full? I saw your jar you posted. The jar's very rattly at the moment. Mm. And I'm afraid, I don't know, because I know Christmas is coming. So I'm just like, oh, don't geez. raid the jar. I oh, know. I'm trying not to touch. I haven't touched the jar yet. I'm trying not to touch the jar, um, but hopefully, well, next year. So um, we'll be over there next year. So it's just. Uh, oh, so you're bringing, are you bringing wife? No, no, no. Um, Rick, my the guy I hunt oh, right. with, wants to come over as well. So um, cool. We're both pretty keen to get over there. We've both wanted to go there for a long time. So yeah. Well, there's always a place to stay. I've offered that, and that, that offer oh, still stands. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, and I'm in the central North Island, the mecca of hunting, particularly in the North Island. Um, you can show us your um, scout leader uniform. Hey, no, no, now we're getting weird. <laughs> and we can buy real knives. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to buy you a real knife. Oh, sweet as. Because I think we need to look at that. And uh, <laughs> we're going to get you up and into the rugby. hills. And we're going to watch rugby, get a real knife, and get you into the hills. Choice. And That's uh, a hunting trip. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, why well, testosterone flowing through me now? The next, the, the first interview after that's going to be, you know, Christian, why can't I quit you? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even seen that movie. I know what you're oh, talking about. They're just two dudes in love, man. I know. People yeah. just leave them alone. Uh, I was, oh, I'm not going to start on that topic. <laughs> We've been on thin ice right through this interview. and Pretty I th- much. And I thank you for that. Oh, we got to the other side. We got to the other side. I always get in trouble after I've interviewed you. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's, it's the Aussie way. We like to get our friends in uh, deep with us. Mm, I was actually on a radio show recently and really like stood in it. Really got the announcer. He's one of my best friends. Brendan is his name. And uh, I was on More yeah. FM in Tauranga. And uh, well, it was his last day on air, actually, which is a, a whole other story. But he – and I really did decide I was going to say a few things to get him into trouble. <laughs> Mainly around cat insurance. Cat insurance? Well, pet insurance. He was talking about pet insurance, and I said that I have pet Ugh. insurance. It's about 20 cents a round. <laughs> <laughs> hey, an air rifle pellet costs you like 0.06 cents. It's all, yeah. all ready to go. Like, I look, I'm not – you know, I don't want to. Actually, I should take that back. Look, I'm, I love animals. Um, they're very delicious. No, I love animals as and, and pets and what have you. Like, I, you know, I've had pets my whole life, and I love, I love pets and dogs and goldfish and budgies. Yeah, just not budgie smugglers. That's right. And most hunters are animal lovers, and that's the that's the crying shame. That's what people don't see. Uh, most. I think hunters... that's what. That's really the stigma are. I think of a lot of anti hunters. They're like, well, how can you love animals and then shoot them? It's like, well. Hmm. I don't know. If you're a vegan and you're coming at me from that angle, you know, I've got total respect for vegans. Like, you're full clip, 100%. You're into what you're into, and that's good. But if you come at me with stuff like that and you eat meat, you go to, you know, Coles, and you buy a factory farm piece of beef, 
or chicken or pork or eggs or whatever, mm. and then take it home and cook it, and then have a crack at me for going out and killing an animal that has had a great life, free range, organic, something's wrong. Mm. Have you, just just very quickly, did you see the article I wrote for NZ Outdoor Hunting Magazine? I posted it online. No? No. Can you uh, resend it to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it was about vegetarians and hunters and the relationship oh, I believe they should have. So well, just go down the page. You'll see it there. Very, very cool little article. And uh, and I encourage our listeners to buy that magazine and read my article. Go on, just read it. My signature's on there. It's worth thousands. <laughs> I've got your signature. It's not worth that much. <laughs> anyway, question. It's always a pleasure. Thank you very much for appearing on the show. And just quickly, talking about NZ Outdoor Hunting Magazine, if you're active with us, you can win that great 12-month subscription to the magazine. We do have a little tool that we use to see who's active, what they're doing, and your face could be on that fan of the month up the top there. Christian, I've done this. This is the second time I've allowed someone to do my sign-off. I hope you remember it. No. Thanks for listening. This is Christian from Rabbit Ranger. Have a great day. Oh, you've just (laughs) ruined it. What a dick. I can't remember. (laughs) You do it. You do it so much better than me anyway. All right. I'm going to do it. You've, You've ruined the moment. I really did try. Guys, be careful out there and good hunting. Podcasting from an undisclosed location, from a secret hunting spot known only to him, and the guy who told him about it, and possibly the guy who told the guy who told him. It's a show all about hunting in New Zealand and around the globe. This is The Hunting Show. Find The Hunting Show on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on upcoming shows and topics.